I did what everybody else would do. I which tried, is? Which is, I tried to pray away my homosexuality. I tried to do everything that heterosexual boys were doing. Welcome to Relationship Real, the podcast about understanding how childhood attachments influence and inform our current relationships, be it friendships, marriage or parent-child, and most importantly, the relationship with ourselves. In this series, we'll explore a variety of relationship topics through self-exploration and conversations with exciting guests who will share their wealth of knowledge along with personal experiences and inspiring stories. Now, here's your host, certified counsellor and psychotherapist, Laudia Lewis-Spencer. Hey, hey, hey! Relationship Real. Welcome, guys. Today, I've got a very interesting guest. His name is Reverend Jude McCauley, a reverend in the Church of England. I will allow him to tell us a bit more about himself. As we start, we know relationships are very important. They're very imperative to the foundations we set in life and how we live a healthy and holistic life. So it's always best to have a better understanding of the relationship with ourselves and ultimately the relationship with others. Hello, Reverend Jude McCauley. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, to everyone that's listening, the Reverend Judy McCauley, I'm the founder and director at House of Rainbow. Uh, House of Rainbow is an organization that was set up for the primary purpose of supporting lesbians, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people of faith especially Christians, on the journey of reconciling their faith and sexuality. The organization actually started with me because I had so many questions about being gay and being a Christian that were not answered. So I needed that answer. And we started the, the, the ministry in my native country, Nigeria. And of course, we're currently based in the UK, but our work continues in approximately 22 countries, the majority of them African countries. So we continue the work of, you know, challenging misinterpretation of scriptures uh, and many other things. And I have a, a different background in terms of my education. I studied law and then, mm-hmm. of course, I decided to answer God's call to go into ministry halfway through my life, put it that way. Okay, so you're quite multifaceted, I'm hearing. But what <laughs> I want to jump straight to is like you said, you know, you had these questions about being a Christian, having a faith and being gay. Would you be able to tell us more about that? What was that like for you? Absolutely. I mean, these are questions that, you know, I've asked myself and many people have asked me about how am I able to reconcile being uh, a gay man and a Christian? And I think that, you know, my, my response always is that I am a child of God. I am loved by God. Um, That doesn't stop my faith with God. But we have had many challenges with the interpretation of scriptures that I strongly believe that has been misdirected, misinterpreted, and they have been weaponized Mm -hmm. um, against those of us who are gays and lesbians. And it's very deeply problematic. The way that has also been weaponized is that it doesn't allow parents of lesbian and gay, bisexual, transgender people to actually celebrate their children uh, as a gift from God. Um, Mm. Many gay people have been called an abomination, a demonic spirit from the deepest part of the bottomless part of hell. 
There is no such thing. Every single person is a child of God. And human sexuality needs to be understood, you know, in the context of time. And I think that this is where we are facing many, many challenges. And the other thing, again, is that homosexuality is very much part of our history. You know, as a Black African Nigerian, there are examples, historical examples of same-gender loving relationships in Nigeria and throughout Africa, which existed, you know, long before colonialism and the missionaries came to the shores of Africa. So I really don't know where people get the uh, conclusion that same-sex relationship or homosexuality is an abomination. Part of what I do with my work and my journey and my ministry as a Christian minister is actually to debunk this idea that homosexuality is an abomination. Mm. Reverend Jedi, this podcast is on the basis of relationships. And whilst you were speaking, you mentioned about parents not being able to celebrate their children. How did this journey impact the relationship, maybe growing up with your parents? What's that kind of relationship? How was that for you? My relationship with my, my parents growing up was, was okay. Was, I think it was fabulous, to be mm. honest. But I think that, you know, I, I would talk about my relationship with my parents, my family, and of course, my relationship with God. Yes. Uh, and I think that my relationship with my, my parents was different. Like many African family, we had challenges. Mm-hmm. My mother was the most loving, doting mother. You know, she's always present and always caring. She, she was my best friend. She, she was Aww. the one who taught me many things, how to dance, how to cook, very domestic. I, I learned a lot of things from my mother. I mean, my father, even though he was around, he was also very absent because I didn't have, you know, the best of relationship with him growing up. But he was there. Emotionally think, absent? Emotionally absent, yeah. But mm-hmm. he was there because, of course, you can feel the wrath of my father when you do something wrong. So <laughs> it, was, it was certainly there. But, you know, I mean, obviously, in terms of relationship, I mean, I don't want to necessarily just paint my father as the extreme of the parenting. But mm-hmm. I didn't think that he did a good job at, at the end of the day because he was very abusive mentally and physically as well. Okay. Uh, but, of course, you know, some of that relationship today, uh, in my opinion, has suffered. And, and that is why sometimes I really can't connect with him. And I have to let people know that that's got nothing to do with my sexuality or my sexual orientation because people will probably begin to jump on the bandwagon that, oh, he didn't have a good relationship with his father. That is why he's gay. That's not the case. I was raised in a beautiful Christian conservative home. Mm-hmm. And we know that conservative Christianity is very extreme in terms of the misunderstanding of human sexuality. So if you're gay and you're raised in a Christian conservative home, it's going to be very difficult for you to actually make a change immediately or sooner for your own benefit. But having said that, um, my relationship with God, you know, really started from when I was really young. That relationship with God, because my, my family life was centered around Christianity. My father is a pastor, was a pastor then, still a pastor. Then, of course, you know, going to church was part of our daily routines in life. So that means that we have access to scriptures, to the Bible. Yeah. And, of course, I had a great interest in church. I loved church. Um, I was uh, a young leader in my church when I was growing up. You know, at the age of 13, when I was baptized, I, you know, like many other young people, you decide to read the Bible, you've given your life to God, and you want to do more. It was also around the time 
that I discovered Leviticus chapter mm-hmm. 18, verse 22, Leviticus 2013. And a 13-year-old, for me in that moment, it was a shock to me that the Bible says so. And I internalized that pain for a long time. And the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, now at 54, and even before my current age, you know, I've managed to like look back and begin to understand how does a 13-year-old understand this Bible passage and someone that is much more mature in their Christian journey? And this is where people always make the mistake and to conclude that, you know, Leviticus condemned same-sex relationship and that is a period. But, you know, you have to understand that we have to mature in understanding scriptures itself. So my relationship with God was really on a tipping balance because I didn't understand what the Bible was saying concerning same-sex relationships. I did what everybody else would do. Which is? Which is, I tried to pray away my homosexuality. I tried to do everything that heterosexual boys were doing and it didn't work for me. And eventually, around about age, between 19 and 20 years old, you know, I had a moment of depression and, and, and stress with God, such mm-hmm. that I was praying to God that, look, I just want a girlfriend because I don't want to be gay. And yeah. eventually I, I got a girlfriend and I immediately believe God has cured me of being gay and because I have a girlfriend, so that's all good and fine. But I think that was really the moment that I was walking through for the destruction uh, emotional destruction and, and mm. the stress and the depression that will come later. And um, so my relationship with God started when I was young. There was argument with myself about my sexuality and whether or not God loved me and what people say in my community, what people say in my church. Yes, there's so much in there, Reverend. And, uh, you know, the therapist in me just wants to get in there and dig real deep. But firstly, I want to say thank you for so eloquently clarifying the relationship with your dad so there's no misconception about what that is about. But you went on to then further explain the relationship with God. But as you were doing that, what I heard was a real struggle with the relationship with self. Yes. Yes, there was a deep struggle with relationship with self as well. That struggle is a combination of Mm. misunderstanding of my own human sexuality as a gay man and the conflict with culture and tradition Mm. and what people say that Christian teachings say. That is a serious conflict for a young person and it's very Mm. difficult for anyone to understand. The reality is that because I didn't understand myself enough, I didn't have the pastoral care or the counseling and the therapy. The love. And the love. I mean, the the love, I'll come to the love in a minute. You know, because as a gay person from a very traditional culture and conservative Christian upbringing, it actually means that, you know, there'll be an absence of appropriate nurturing and upbringing when it comes to same-sex relationship. The beautiful thing now is that, you know, meeting people and hearing people who had never had to face the same challenges that I faced, these are other Black people as well, who were saying that, well, their parents knew they were gay from when they knew they were gay, before they knew they were gay, and they nurtured them. And I think this is some of the messages that I want to make clear to parents that all your children 
including the lesbian and gay children, are all gifts from God. I mean, for me, and, and of course, that going back to the relationship with myself, it was very difficult. I didn't have the role model. I didn't have the, the gay uncle or the lesbian auntie. You know, I didn't have all of those ones. Another is necessary, but it's just like creating that safe space for people yes, to... Yes, yes. I always try to remind myself, it's not actually the absence of love itself. It's actually the denial of love. Repeat but that. You need to repeat that. It's not, it's not the absence of love. It's actually mm-hmm. the denial of love. Because I know that my parents love me, but they're also in denial of the fact that this child is gay. Yeah. And it, it means that, you know, we're covering up, we're, we're sidetracking, and too many things are happening. We don't want to know about it. Everybody just wants us to be on this heteronormative journey where yeah. everything is just black and white, you know, blue and pink and, and male and female. And life is not like that. Neither yeah. is human sexuality. Mm. Just growing up, I think what happened there is a lot of internalization of societal norms, which sort of made your journey with yourself so intricate and so delicate. And totally. I mean, I think, you know, when you grow up in a society that is vast and diverse mm-hmm. as the Nigerian culture, there's just so many things. And I think that sometimes if you are that very tiny part of the community, that is different. You cannot find a replication of yourself. And then because the wider society has called it an abomination, that is the message. For me, that is, it creates a pattern of internalized stigma, mm-hmm. shame, denial, discrimination, homophobia. And thank God I didn't have to suffer on internalizing my own homophobia because I know a lot of people that even my organization today have to help them to get on that journey of loving themselves just the way they are. That's why we have many stories about men on the down low or gay men in the closet, you know, lesbian people who force themselves into relationships. I didn't have that, but I think that my struggle uh, as a person is the struggle of finding actually stepping out of what society is molding me to be as opposed to what I need to be. Mm. And it got to a point where I did say to myself, I will rather be hated for who I am than to be loved for who I'm not. That is part of the way that my life started to change because, I mean, my life took me into a heterosexual relationship that lasted for seven years and the last three years of that relationship, we were legally married. Then I had to then come out to my ex-wife as a gay man and then go through the process of separation and divorce. That in itself is so destroying and damaging. Deep breath. (laughs) There was so much in that and there's so much to sort of explore with you. But firstly, I just wanted to say, when we struggle with the relationship with self, it serves for us to struggle with the relationship with others. Mm-hmm. Because had you owned that relationship with yourself, you would have avoided the struggles that you eventually had yeah. with your ex-wife. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I was a parent when I was with my ex-wife. We had a child together. Our son is close to 28 years old. 
the reality is that, you know, when you cannot accept yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when you are in denial of who you are, then it is going to be difficult for others to accept you. And, you know, the way that I always look at it is the fact that if your family, those who claim to love you, cannot allow you to be yourself at home, there is a great challenge. There is, there is a disturbing challenge, I would say, or a disturbing situation that will cause you to travel across town to look for the same love that you want at home. And then you will open yourself to a lot of danger, if not death. So that relationship was a challenge already. And I think that it also opens up the fact that I've been on this journey with God. If my family don't love me, how can I guarantee that God loves me? on that journey. It took me a long time because I've got siblings as well. I had four siblings. Unfortunately, we've lost my older brother. You know, when I first came out, I mean, before I came out as a gay man, we were very close, very, very close as siblings. We're very close. It's almost, there's no week that goes past that we do not visit each other in our own homes. But when I came out as gay, they couldn't even have the conversation with me. So the sad thing was that we drifted apart. So just imagine if you're lost at sea, even though you're safe, but you started to drift apart. And because we drifted apart, it was difficult for us to come close together. And I remember before my late brother died, we had this conversation about my sexuality. And he told me candidly that they never stopped loving me, Mm. but they just didn't know how to bring up the subject because they didn't want to offend me. They didn't want to upset me. And that even upsets me more because I think that families should be able to talk about the sexuality of other family members because having the conversation itself also brings healing and understanding and love to everybody. Yes, yes. You've just given us a beautiful narrative. But what really shone through is that relationships are very, 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 very important. I cannot stress that enough. So we've covered the relationship with your parents, the relationships with yourself, your relationship with God, your relationship with your siblings, your relationship with your child, your relationship with your ex-wife. And now we're at a place where you're still in that relationship with yourself. How has that been for you? The relationship with myself is absolutely wonderful and amazing these days. And, you know, my mantra is that the acronym G-A-Y, gay, means God adores you. God accepts you. God anoints you. God appoints you. For me, it's important for me to recognize that. And as a Christian, as a person of faith, there is just so much calling on my life that has also helped to develop and nurture the self-love I have for myself. There is not a single hatred within my soul as I journey with God. Of course, I have been at dark places. I have been at places where I thought about suicide. I have attempted suicide. Yes, because You know, the world actually made me to hate myself. The fact that I wasn't getting the recognition and the love with my own family, with my Christian family has pushed me to the edge. But I just know that with God, 
whose mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is, is great towards me. For me, that was very important for me to find my place on that journey with Christ. So I think that the acceptance is there and it is important that we have that understanding of God and ourselves. Yes, self-acceptance is always important. And, you know, I heard in there something quite in-depth about suicidal thoughts. You mentioned about God and it sounded like you founded your faith and your hope in God. But was there any other sort of support you received? And yes, I mean, you see, when you're going through a difficult time in your life, everyone, you ask questions. Mm-hmm. There are more questions than answers. Yeah. And the important thing to do is to find your own tribe, yeah. find your community, mm-hmm. find your family of choice. I found my family of choice when I was introduced to a church community called the Metropolitan Community Church. Mm-hmm. It was at this church that I was able to learn more about God's love for the lesbian, gay, bisexual community. And I started to embrace this. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, but I was on this journey of self-healing. Yes. When I finally got this healing, I then also had the passion yeah. to share with other people, to tell them, no, we're not condemned by God. We're loved by God. And that actually started to transform, started to turn the tide around. And I can't wait to tell somebody that G-A-Y means God adores you. So please don't hate yourself. I want to say to families that your children are a gift from God. And this is how we can get the message out to tell people. The, the, the Bible, the holy book in itself does not condemn homosexuality. The holy book in itself does not say that being gay is an abomination. But the interpretation of the person who is sending out the message, that's some of the things that I've been working on to ensure that the Bible itself allows us to find peace within ourselves and also peace with our journey with God. Yes. I know as a reverend, it's important in terms of your faith and everything. For me, what I got really strongly from that message is your relationship, whether that's a relationship with self or a relationship with God, whoever you choose to sort of create that and foster that relationship with, it's important that you do a very good job at it in terms of navigating and understanding and finding love and acceptance. Thank you. And I think, you know, for me, I mean, people always criticize me being an openly gay reverend, you know, someone has said, you know, so what do you teach the people? I said, well, I teach them to love God, mm-hmm. to love their neighbor as themselves. I also teach them not to repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, because this is why we are called, so that we might inherit a blessing. It's so important for me. And I think that the message that I want to share with people is that God is at the center, uh, particularly to the raging storm, whether it's the anxiety, the stress, or the depression that we feel. And even the times that we feel excommunicated by our family or our own church community, just know that Christ is with you in that moment. For me as a Christian, Christ is always there for me, always there. And there's no mistaken how strongly you believe and how strong your faith has been conveyed. 
Reverend Jaday Macaulay, you have shared with us your childhood, your relationship with your parents, in your words, coming out, your relationship being a father, being a husband, a relationship with God, and most importantly, a relationship with self. Absolutely. You have shared with us so passionately your story and your journey. For those who are listening, who would love to get in touch with you, how are they able to do that? I mean, for anyone listening and can identify with my stories and the challenges of being lesbian, gay, bisexual, whether they're from the Black community or not, they can always contact us at House of Rainbow on Instagram, House of Rainbow underscore, House of Rainbow on Twitter. We also have a dedicated website, which is houseofrainbow.org. Relationships with anyone is at their best when you are at your best. Reverend Jaday Macaulay, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's a great joy. You're most welcome. Thanks for listening to Relationship Real with Laudia Lewis Spencer. Be sure to follow, rate, and review our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget to send us your messages, questions, or topics of interest that you'd like featured in future episodes.